Oh my gosh. David Lugo, this Here is we the are. Other world. It seems that way. I mean, the apocalypse I'm sitting, is upon us. I got to tell you, man, I've been sitting in my room literally for 48 hours. Um, haven't left my house in 48 Ugh. hours. Ugh. <laughs> and guess how long I'm going to have to be in my house? For months. Probably. I live in Spain. <laughs> and Spain currently on lockdown. It's currently on lockdown. So there was a guy, I told you about this. There was a guy who was bicycling outside of my house. Yeah. Who was that's pulled crazy. over, pulled over by the cops and told to go home. <laughs> go home. <laughs> yeah. Go home. Yeah. Because Spain is on freaking lockdown, bro. Man. Well, I hear the U.S. is headed in that direction soon. Yeah. I think within as we're, street. as we're recording, I wouldn't be surprised if within the week, yeah. like, 90% of the states yeah. have impl- like um, implemented something like that some um, sort of quarantine yeah uh, so the the thing is the thing is is that and this has been fascinating to me is that like just 1 week ago 7 yeah. days ago is when Italy closed its borders mm-hmm. which in the at that moment seemed like what that seems like an over exaggeration like it's yeah. like well beyond what's called for and then within the week like Everybody Spain else is doing it. Yeah, Spain is on lockdown. The United States has suspended classes. Like it's been moving so quickly. It feels like every single week has sorry, every single day has felt like a week. Like mm-hmm. I can't remember my my yeah, sense of time is completely skewed. Is huge. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. So anyway, so being in Spain now, like we're on lockdown, classes have been canceled indefinitely. Um, so they've you know, just flat out said indefinite. No, well, okay. So they said Are you still are you still doing doing classwork? I am, and there's online classes and stuff, but like, they're they said as we're recording this today is the 16th of March. I guess that matters just to have a timetable. <laughs> um, by the end of March, we're supposed to be back in classes. So they said March 30th. That was the original yeah. date. So yeah, seven days ago was March 9th, and that's when they first released the like mm. citywide in Madrid. They said all schools are canceled, mm-hmm. um, and the original date was March 30th, which. Yeah. At that time, seven days ago, seemed like, oh, my God, like, this will be over by then. Now, sitting here, March 16th, and they they implemented two days ago a 15-day, like, lockdown. Like, 15 days from now, it'll be the 28th of March, which is two days before the supposed return to school. I don't imagine that if they lift the lockdown, that within 48 hours, we'll be back in classes. Yeah. yeah. You know? We got so, the letter from Archbishop on Friday. So just a couple of days ago, that masses were to be canceled. All public mm-hmm. masses are canceled mm-hmm. uh, until the end of March. Wow. Which, yeah. kind of what you're saying, like, yeah, that seemed appropriate then. But now it's like, I don't know if it's going to be the end of March until is, then. The just end of March weeks. is two weeks away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, today's the 16th. Two weeks from today is March 30th. Yeah. And, I mean, that's... From my estimation, two weeks from now is not going to be enough time, you know, because no. 15 days at least we have on lockdown. That puts us at the end of March. So I wouldn't be surprised if the whole the whole world, at least the whole North American, the whole Western world probably won't have Easter masses this year. No, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. More than just kind of weird. It's really weird. <laughs> Why do you think it's weird? What's surreal about it? This is the the mother of all liturgies. Like this is mm-hmm. what our whole year is is geared towards, right? And so, we can't go. Well, well we, okay. I can go, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> unfortunately okay, so, enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I I have a bit of a like agitation with the whole thing of like like am I supposed to feel bad about this? Like am I supposed to feel bad <laughs> that we that we're like okay? So the language is important. We haven't canceled masses. Right. Um, you, you mass hasn't. We also haven't ba- banned masses, right? Right. Um, they're important distinctions. Like we're not doing either of those things. Um, well, and the funny thing is, the language that people are using is that we have suspended public mass. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no such thing as private mass. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Priests can do it by themselves i guess okay so you can't you can't keep people away okay so in that sense you're right so there's no 
there's really no way of canonically no, saying we, that yeah we do what we need to do and i think the bishops are right in suspending mass but it, the language is weird kind of what you're saying uh, no well i think what's happening what i think what's happening is that what the bishops have done is they've lifted the obligation which is within their right. purview right i think what you're what you're pointing out is true is that you can't ban- like you can't keep someone from attending a mass because yeah. mass is by definition a public event yeah so I think what we hinge on is the public gathering. So because the, the civil government has said that there's a limit of what, how many people can gather right. in a place, bishops have said, because of that, we're going to be good citizens and say that we're yeah. going to suspend we're going to suspend public masses because it doesn't first off, it doesn't seem likely that we can limit the number of people that can go to mass within the mm-hmm. the range of what the civil government has proposed. But then mm-hmm. also we got to think about, the public good and the public good probably would say that we out of prudence should ask people to not go to mass well and that's the exact language that has been used in in our letter at least from the archbishop of denver he says look the governor has said this so we are going to follow suit and right be like you said be good citizens right and i think it's well okay so I could quickly just show my cards here, but I I get a little bit agitated with some of the like what I what I would consider a bit of like like a hero complex that some <laughs> that some priests and Catholics seem to be exhibiting, which is like how dare you take away the Eucharist, you know, like die for the faith and like uh-huh. we, we can't give up on the mass and it's like, well, I agree with all that, but like I'm not sure that's what this situation is. Like well, like, and what you're saying, the mass is not canceled. Right. The sacrifice is still being offered for mm-hmm. all of those people that can't go. Right, right. So anyway, I I don't know. I get a little bit bent out of shape about the whole thing. And <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mass is still being offered. Mass is never alone because you at least have the heavenly court with you. I mean, you can yeah. have that that kind of theology that allows you to understand that you're communing with the whole mystical body of Christ. And Well, yeah. I mean, here it is. Like, here's where the rubber hits the road. Do we actually believe that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, good question. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you, so okay, so that's so that's happened in Spain too. So we can't go there. Um, bars, etc. All that got closed on Friday, and then we had an emergency lockdown yeah. starting yeah. on Saturday. And so, so the foreseeable future, we're I'm in my room and in my house. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you're not there yet, right? Like that's not where you guys are at. Not yet. I mean, they've. They've really encouraged us to have, what are they calling it, social distance, um, mm-hmm. just to keep away. I, yeah, I went out last night. <laughs> where where did you go? Of, with some of the, one of our, the Jesuit, local Jesuits had a recent birthday. Okay. And so we went out to celebrate him. So, okay. I mean, I went out on... So I went out on Thursday of last week. Today's Monday. I went out on Thursday last week, and then the lockdown started Saturday. So yeah. I felt fine leaving on Thursday. Like, I didn't feel yeah. I was doing anything and wrong, we you know? by any means alone. There were still lots of people out. I mean... Well, that's part of the problem. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you want to be alone. You know? uh, my point is yeah. that, like... This can all turn in a matter of days. So, Day, like, yeah, exactly, exactly, and, and it's gonna happen. And I'm all for civil obedience, and I'm all for, like, for me, a lot of this hinges on like limiting the amount of like panic, and helping yeah. helping us remember that like obedience to authority is not, it's not a sign of weakness. Like, that's mm-hmm. good for the common good. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah. It's good for us to obey our civic authority, but it's also really good for us to obey our bishops. And if our bishops are saying, you know, that we should not go to mass or if we should whatever, yeah. like... Then we do it. Right. Or don't do it. <laughs> it's I a... Got si- a it's, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I got a really funny meme this morning from uh, the scene in Star Trek where Spock dies. Oh, yeah. Social, social distancing. Because the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, it seems like, kind of ironically, it seems like social distancing in this case is about the needs of the few. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because the, needs of, because the needs of the many, if we think about, I mean, I'm no scientist, but 
you know, I'm a doctor, not a scientist. Um, <laughs> Doesn't stop you from having an opinion. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, certainly. Um, you know, they say that, and I've heard mixed things, of course, and who knows. Um, but they said the more vulnerable populations are the ones that are elderly or have pre-existing yeah. conditions. Sure. Though that's not to say that people who are not under the age of 50 cannot be, you know, sure. infected yeah. and even die. But I think the the likelihood or the probability of there being a person who is healthy in their early 30s and with no pre-existing conditions getting infected and dying is pretty low. And so yeah. my, my point is that the people who are most at risk are not the majority of the population. So the reason we do social distancing and the reason that we take this very seriously is because the few who are most vulnerable mm-hmm. would are, are so vulnerable that if we don't take it seriously as the majority, those few would yeah. be compromised immediately. So the needs of the few here are moving the majority. You know, and support, that's, and that's not a new idea. Like that's what we're we've always been called to do. That's helping the poor, the sick, the migrant, and the refugee. Yeah, and they're few. Uh, like they're the yeah. they're not the majority, yeah. right? Um, and so for me, the 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 pivot point for me in the last week. Where I went from, like, is this fake news? Is this real? <laughs> is this yeah. just another flu? Like, I pivoted from that to, like, no, this is an important thing that I need to be thinking mm-hmm. about and, like, actually taking seriously. My yeah. pivot became when I stopped thinking about this as a matter of individual health and started thinking about it as a matter of public health and social health, yeah. and social well-being. So, like, mm-hmm. I have a civic duty. Like, I have a responsibility yeah. to the public and not just to myself. You know? Yeah, and I don't know that that's being that people do that or see that mm-hmm. or even want to see that. Like it is all about me, man. <laughs> right, 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 right. So like, I need to stock up on toilet paper. I need to, you know, take care of my family and my own. It's like, well, to hell with everybody else. And it's like, well, right, that's not good, you know. And so the reason that we're quarantined is not because, like, I'm not afraid of getting sick. I might actually already have the deal. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Like, How many times I, have you gotten it? <laughs> yeah. I've probably gotten it three or four times since this conversation started. Like, I don't even At know. At least. Like, yeah. Um, if I get <laughs> sick, I may get sick. I will likely get sick. And I, if I do uh-huh. get sick, I'll probably not die. But that's not the point. The point is, is that I live in a community with guys over the age of 70. And if I'm not washing my hands and if I'm not covering my cough, they could get infected and they could really be seriously compromised. And then on top of that, they would need to go to the hospital, which has been saturated with people who are in real dire need. And so that's the bigger concern, you know? Well, and not only is it such a huge concern, but you're also kind of going back on... Um, on this whole idea of social distancing, we're creating these hotspots, these pressure points where people have to be in large groups and just increases the chances of it spreading exponentially. You mean in a hospital? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Totally. So anyway, so this is all, this is what's going on. And we haven't mentioned it yet, but if anybody is wondering, we're talking about the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, for the one or two of you who will be around in the year 2030 uh, <laughs> to be listening to us. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's been the main thing that's been going on in my now, world. Let me ask you what you think or how you see this playing out like a month from now, two months from now. If the world does not end, <laughs> what what do we do after this? Hmm. Yeah, or Spain at least. Like that's your, that's your <clears throat> context right now. Like it's going through so such. I mean, it's following Italy pretty closely in terms of shutdown and yeah. quarantines and whatnot. Right. So, like, what do you do afterwards? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so so okay. So the the important thing to keep in mind is that nobody knows anything. And it doesn't yeah. seem like we have any information about what's likely to happen. Um, you know, the best the best sort of reference point is China and what has happened in China since November, mind you. Like, they right. started with their first cases of coronavirus in November. And so they're just now getting to a point where the number of new cases is drastically lower and the fatality rates are drastically lower than they have been. So, you know, and I think that they're starting to open some sort of, like, public places now. And we're in mid-March. So... The month of November, December, January, February, that's four full months plus half of the month of March. And they're starting to see normalcy. 
So if we're just getting in the heat of this, then that means the full month of March, April, May, June, and then halfway through July wow. will be where, will be where China is now. Wow. If you just if you no. if you take them as a reference point, because we don't have any other right. data to refer back to, because we like don't. the last epidemic that was really like ravishing the world was SARS, but SARS didn't have nearly as much of an outbreak as it seems that this has. Um, so if the timetable that China has gone through is any indication, we'll be going through this all the way at least through July. Whew, that's scary. Yeah, I don't think it's that scary. I'm not scared. I'm just sort of like, I'm just like, okay, like, this is a new normal. Like, I'm okay with it. Like, it's okay. Well, like, Yeah, and I should say that's kind of what I mean. Like, exactly what you said earlier, I'm not too concerned about me getting sick. Like, that's not what scares me. It's just the effects that it's having across the world and for the people that really are uh, getting sick and dying. Like, that's a reality. Right. And that is, is. scary. <clears throat> yeah, it is. It is. Um, so, okay. So what's going to happen afterwards? If there is an afterwards, like, what is, like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't, I don't mean Zombies. that in terms of, yeah, well, you know, I, I guess I mean, like, like, I was listening to someone that was on Joe Rogan uh, that I thought was really great was, you know, the image was that this is, we're treating this like a blizzard, but it's more like a winter. Yeah, Corona you know? winter. Um, and that's an important distinction. And winter lasts for months. So, mm -hmm. so okay, I've even been thinking about that to help me with cabin fever. It's like, if I'm feeling like, like if I'm in my room and I look outside and it's sunny and I'm inside and I'm like wondering why am I stuck inside? Well, then, yeah, I'm going to start getting really anxious but if i just yeah. think to myself like how would i behave if this was a snowstorm i would just roll with stay it inside. you know yeah stay inside you know um <laughs> so that's that's part of the understanding of like how can we get through the next couple of months i just think about it as a season you know um and don't burden the people who are trying their best to help the people who are really in need yeah now there's a real question there about the impact this has on our economy this impact that this is going to have on long-term recovery from this kind yeah. of, you know, shutdown. And I don't really know what Well, think about how churches are going to be affected. This is something that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now um, here at the parish. If we don't have Sunday gathering, and that's where the majority of our income comes from, then how do we get that income? Well, the way to do that is, well, so it's always... Well, okay. I have too many thoughts. So one of the thoughts that I want to say <laughs> is it's it's a little bit frustrating to me to have pastors and bishops say, like, take care of yourself, be healthy, you have no obligation to go to Mass, be safe, pray at home, take care of yourself, and don't forget and to donate to your... Yeah, 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 don't forget to donate. Like, I get it. It's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual, religious, communal responsibility, obligation. But man, can we not, like, tack it on at the end? Like, it's just... <laughs> No, it's like, but it is a part of, I mean, it's, tithing is a big part of who we are and what we do. Oh, totally. I just think that we say it in a way that makes it sound oh, really, des yeah, makes it sound really desperate. Yeah. Um, well, and some are. Like, poor poor parishes aren't going to be able to survive. But but possibly. just say it. Just say that, right? Like, don't. No, absolutely, like, yeah. Call it what it is. Oh, I'm <laughs> name it for that. what it is. Which is why yeah. I would rather people just come out and say, like, look. We need we, help. <laughs> we need help, please. So... Like parishes should set up PayPal accounts, should set up Patreon accounts, should set up online giving, like should should set up. They should have already had like social media. They should have had ways of communicating with their parishioners and say, please donate to our parish. Yeah, like, my parish doesn't do any social media. Well, okay, so we're behind the curve, and like we're in a winter. And imagine if winter, if this was a blizzard that happened every day for the next three months, how would people go to mass? They wouldn't. So how would you have kept the lights on then? Well, <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know, you know? So anyway, I think that parishes should ask for people to continue to tithe, but not be so tacky about it um, and find ways of doing it that's actually like feasible, you know, for people yeah. to... Well, uh, yeah. And I mean, you like I said, tithing does have a spiritual component. It is offering from our first fruits etc but you're right at a certain point it's like look folks we need help <laughs> and, and just we can't that. do this without you yeah i would actually rather i'm gonna just say it I, I would rather people just say i'd rather people stop saying tithing is an obligation tithing is important tithing is a spiritual good i'd rather people just stop saying that and just say <laughs> help us we need your help yeah yeah 
Like to me, that well, just there's gets a humility a, there. Right. There's exactly. A real humility there. <laughs> Instead of just this like preaching at me of like yeah. you like it, it's putting Why the burden on the giver. This. Yeah. Right. That's right. Instead, instead of it being like, look, I need help, it's saying, yeah. you have an obligation to help me. And it's like, well, hold on a second. Like, make this about your need, man. Like, <laughs> you need help, right. too. You know? Right. Um, no, that's very true. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. How do we come out of this? I don't know. <clears throat> it's a new normal, and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm a little bit nervous about my ordination. You know, we talked a lot last time yeah. about my ordination to the priesthood, and I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. What will that look like? I don't know. Will it be just me and the bishop and the other guy getting ordained? I don't know. Um, <laughs> will my family be able to travel? No idea. And hey, like, just kind of have to roll with it, you know? Well, and again, yeah, that's... Do you trust that God will provide? I think I do. Like, in my case, I think I do. Like, I clear, I very much want to be a priest. I'm looking forward to being ordained. Yeah. But I'm also free to say, like... God, like you're in control, and mm-hmm. you know if you want me to be ordained, and you're yeah. gonna make it, you're gonna make it possible. And if that exactly. means that I need to be flexible and not have all of my friends there, if that means I need to be flexible and have the date be changed, like okay, like at the end of well, the day, it, like at the end of the day, I I'm gonna just say this, Jonathan. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> I am just looking forward to going to heaven at the end of my life. Like I'm looking forward to that. I would love, I is. would love that, and like. There's got to be an eschatological view to put everything in perspective, you know? Like, Well, I'm telling you, man, that's another thing that we don't do, which is to talk about our death. Hmm. Now, this is a favorite topic of mine, and we've talked about it before many times. But, like, are we really surprised that everybody is freaking out so much when we have such a fear and a dread of, of the end of our lives? Like, nobody ever talks about it. Right. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, and I think a lot of the stuff, the hysteria that you see around shopping and everything, it's it's you got to stave off death. Like yeah. my my life is in imminent danger, which it's yeah. not for most people. Right. Yet this has put a finger on the nerve of people's mortality. And it's like, yeah, I and we've literally I, just finished Ash Wednesday when people were told put ashes on their forehead. Remember, you are dust and to dust you shall return. Mm-hmm. Like this is real, folks. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. But, but I mean, you and I mentioned it on our other podcast that the, you know, there's sort of like a Lent within a Lent. And it's important to, you and I have a friend in Dallas who preaches and who uh, is a priest at a parish, but he also writes for the Dallas Morning News. And he said, like, this is, in moments of crisis, people's true religion mm-hmm. comes yeah. out. Yeah. And, you know, in moments of crisis, people's true religion comes out. Some people become saints and some people show themselves for the sinners that they are. And... Well, what's your true religion? And it seems like for a lot yeah. of us, it's consumerism. And we we run, we run to buying toilet paper, of all things, just because it gives us comfort to know that I don't have to worry about yeah. this. You know, Toilet paper, of all things, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's, I mean, again, the question remains, do we actually believe this? Believe what? That the things that God has told us are true. And the things that we say are true are true. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, I like I'm not trying to be apocalyptic, but I just think this is a wonderful like the coronavirus is not evil and it's not good. It's just yeah. a thing, right? It's yeah. a thing that exists. And nature works and nature happens and It's not God punishing any person or group. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, this is this is, you know, hurricanes happen, tornadoes happen. Like yeah. we have a responsibility to be prepared and to, you know, like you know, to not freak out when things happen, but to say like, okay, this is a part of life and we need to be ready. And when we're not ready, then, you know, consequences happen. Um, I think that there's a good Christian message of hope that needs to be pervasive throughout any sort of tragedy and not be cavalier and say like, oh, there's no point in being sad or no point in being scared. It's like, no, but also there's no point in despair. Like despair is a sinful thing, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. So anyway, so like with my ordination, like I, I'm a little sad and nervous and wondering. Yeah, um, and that's okay. Like, be sad, be angry. Even Saint Paul says that. Be angry, but don't let it lead to sin. Right. But what I like, I what I've been going back to is like, okay, like I, I really don't want to put too fine a point on this, but like, I want to be a priest, and I yeah. look forward to being a priest. But at the end of the day, like, my salvation comes through Jesus Christ. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like, okay, and God has called me to the priesthood, but I've got to tell you, man, like, what matters, like, if I, for example, if I die five days before my ordination, I'm not going to get to heaven and say, Jesus, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, okay, like, it's just, there's, there's, there's put things in perspective, like, you know, what's... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to put too no, kind of true. point on it, but that's that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. It's like, look, I have to be free to say, God, I trust you, and well, and I think that's a big, I think that's a big thing, and that's a grace that not everybody has right now, mm-hmm. because there yeah. is so much fear. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I, I feel a little bit like, like, yeah, I could be more upset, and I could be more anxious, and I have, I, you can attest to this like i've been very worried about what's gonna happen with the ordination but like <laughs> at the end of the day you know who cares like i'm i'm yeah. i'm healthy my family's healthy people are getting taken care of like if people follow what you know the specialists are saying like people are being taken care of and whatever and like and god will take care of the rest you know there it and is yeah that, that's okay like <laughs> yeah we've no, lived absolutely. through worse you know we've lived through worse <laughs> and we have lived through worse Anyway, that's kind of my perspective here. It's like despair and panic is not helpful for any reason. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so just to kind of go back to your point, like what happens after this is like, I don't know. And to be frank, to be completely frank, I actually think we're already seeing some fruit. I mean, this is the problem of evil. Like, you know, why <laughs> why do bad things happen? But like clearly yeah. some good can come from evil too. And like that's not justifying it, but saying there's a lot of good that's coming out of this as well. Like I mentioned... I mentioned the thing about did I mention that here about the what my buddy said on Twitter the Jesuit <laughs> oh no no repeat yeah please I think that was in our other podcast is like like my friend said and he, he's so right he said from one day to the next all of a sudden we all woke up and remembered that we have neighbors mm-hmm. yeah it's like no that's huge that's a that's a grace you know like these videos these viral videos of people singing from their balconies in Italy you know uh, spontaneous acts of of life and you know solidarity coming even yeah. from from quarantine like that's good humanity is still very much alive you know i had this uh somebody sent me this really funny meme yesterday that basically said um okay now we've all learned basic hygiene now we can move on to colors and shapes tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's 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 been interesting to see how few people wash their hands when they go to the bathroom. Yeah. It's really yeah. disgusting. Again, kind of the weird um hidden graces is that like <laughs> well now people realize that they've gotta actually wash their hands. And hopefully yeah. it continues after yeah, after totally. all of this is done. Right, right. Um anyway, so we could continue talking about this. I, I do wonder like what's there's good that's come out of this, and we'll see. Like, there's gonna be a lot of pain for a lot of people, a lot of death. There's gonna be a lot of illness. There's gonna be a lot mm-hmm. of sacrifices. Um, there's gonna be a lot of canceled plans, proms, yeah. sporting events, graduations, um, weddings, funerals. Um, a lot of really important moments in people's lives are gonna be suspended, and I don't want to make light of those things. Sure, sure. Um, at all, like my ordination, for example. You know, and okay, like that sucks, um, but. God is bigger than everything. So mm-hmm. we have to have some perspective and let go and let God like very much. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, and I mean, you know, we've, we're sitting here talking on our show called the other things and well, quite literally, this is going to be one of those other things that can lead us towards that. end for which we are created. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are we gonna let so, it? <laughs> so yeah, so one of the things I was thinking about recently was uh, I find it very fascinating how quickly our whole society and way of life shifted. Um, like we went from normalcy to lockdown. Uh, we went from like booming economy to like almost immediate recession. You know, like like everything shifted so quickly, and it just made me wonder like how how like vulnerable we are really Mm, yeah have you thought about that absolutely i mean it's it's a scary thing because we want to say that these things that we have are the ways in which we're going to become happy or joyful Mm -hmm. or 
you know, etc. And just like we learned in 2008, and just like we're learning right now, that'll all go away. Yeah. And sometimes pretty abruptly. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's, I don't know that this is the best argument for religion, but like, this is something that we practice, that we work on, that we actually actively say, like, don't look to these things. They're good if you've got them, praise God, but like, there's so much more. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is the gospel, right? Don't store up treasure on earth. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Exactly. There's another meme that I saw where the person, um, what was it? How are you going to feel when you get to when you get to the St. St. Peter's Gates uh, with 300 bags of toilet paper under your arms? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I was thinking about the vulnerability thing, too, as as in the in the uh, along the lines of how for sure, like where we put our treasure, but also thinking about like, wow, we we think a lot of ourselves. Um mm. And a simple virus that yeah just tears it all down, tears it all down <laughs> immediately. Like that's yeah. that's really scary, but it's also like a very sobering. It's very sobering, yeah. and it's somewhat comforting. Like, yeah, the Tower of Babel, man. Like the Tower yeah, of Babel, exactly. straight exactly. up. You know, <laughs> yeah. What do we do with that? Do we just? So then, I mean, like, okay, so I don't know. <laughs> well, well, so this is interesting. This is interesting because, like, like for example, uh, it seems like in moments of heightened crisis, we we are asked to shift the way that we live. So you think about the Great Depression. You think about the Second World War. We're asked to live differently during those times. Yeah. And then after those times, it seems like it's difficult for us to readjust to a way of life. So. We all, you know, have heard stories of great grandparents who still are very stingy because they live like they're still in the Great Depression. Sure, or, sure, sure, you know, sure. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, how will like moving all of our schooling home mm-hmm. uh, to online, like, is this an opportunity for our society to make a shift? I think it could be. I mean, you know, my sister does homeschooling, so she hasn't had to make that shift. But you know, it gets kind of looked down upon by a lot of people. And I think there's something, I think there's something there that we can kind of reclaim in a sense, perhaps the family life. Hmm. Yeah. Like, are we just individual peoples living together for 18 or so years? Or Hmm. is there something deeper there that we learn together, that we live together, that we worship together? Well, tell me more about that. a conversation we had about the home church. Tell me more about that, because I think that's a really good point. Uh... You know, it's we were talking to a friend of ours today about their experience of Sunday worship when they can't go to Mass. And instead of just sitting there lamenting the fact that they can't go to Mass, they made their own liturgical worship. Mm-hmm. They did the readings. They had reflection. They said prayers together. Like, that's the home church. That's what every person is called to do. Mm-hmm. Every person is called to live. Mm-hmm. And yet we've, I think in a sense, we've lost some of that. I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here, but I think that we've lost some of that. And we only see, Catholics at least, going to Sunday Mass, putting in our hour as, well, that's my spiritual life. That's what I need. Yeah. So so say more about that, especially I want you to talk about about recording Masses on YouTube. Because <laughs> this, well, this is a conversation that you and I have had off the air and I think I think we've gotten some of our more strong emotions out of the way. So yeah. maybe just sort sort of a more level conversation. Yeah. So like you that's know, that's something interesting that's happened as a phenomenon mm-hmm. in the last three days um, yeah. with with priests being asked to record masses or or what or volunteering to record masses. But then on the flip side, you're you're talking about a friend that we have that did something really creative and beautiful at home with his children and his wife. Say more. What? Do, where are you on this? <laughs> well. So it needs to be said that recording masses isn't a new thing. Like, we didn't just start doing this because of coronavirus. Um, My ordination mass was recorded, for example. Mm -hmm. I've not watched it, but it's available for, I think it's still on YouTube, on the province uh, channel. Like, you could go watch that right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, you know, some sentimentality there, I guess. There's some, you know, neat. I like to watch papal liturgies sometimes just to see what, 
how things should be done, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And if we, and if we really believe that the, um, this is getting super Catholic nerdy. If we really believe that the, that the normative, the norms for, for public worship is set by the Bishop of the diocese, then you should be watching the Bishop celebrate mass every now and then. So I think there's mm. a lot of use to be, um, to watching mass. Do I consider those things my Sunday obligation? Never. Not once have I done that. Not once have I thought of it that way. Because it is. That's, I think, right, because it's not. And I think that's the the new thing that people are desiring, and rightly so, like, good on them, to want to have that connection to their their church, to their parish community. Mm -hmm. Um, And we we produced a, a, a Sunday Mass video for this past weekend. We're going to keep doing it, I think. Um, and it is what it is. It's not my favorite thing in the world to do, but, but we do have, we do still have, even though we're not having mass, we do have an obligation to, to feed the people, to, to shepherd the flock. Right. So, okay. So, and there are other creative ways that we need to be doing that. Like I'm going to be recording little daily reflections. I'm going to be doing, you know, a lot of other, other creative things. And the thing that I fear is that it, it does get reduced just to, well, I want mass. Like, give me mass. Right, so, right. Well, we can't do that <laughs> right now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like, okay, so okay, so there's no obligation to go to mass. Mass has not been canceled because priests can still say mass. Um, and it, we still have the obligation, you know, by the Decalogue to keep holy the Sabbath and also yeah. by church law to, you know, venerate this, venerate Sunday and to make Sunday holy. Um, so it, it just raises a question as to whether or not in our collective imagination as Catholics, holiness can happen apart from a priest there saying mass for us. Yeah. I, and I think I, that's, I wonder about that. And that's, and that's, I'm showing my cards a little bit, but I, I just got a little bit annoyed by, first off, I got annoyed from the technological standpoint because I was like, how many priests need to record themselves saying mass? Like, <laughs> can we not mass, just have... Yeah. One guy do it and then just share that link over and over again. Um, it got me wondering a little bit about, is it more about this particular priest wanting to say mass and have his mass be televised? And it made me wonder about like, is there something more here about like f- like flavors and preferences? And yeah. it just sort of gets on the a lot of the awkward liturgical stuff of like, I want my mass my way. There it is. Um, and that's, that's something that's been going on since before coronavirus. Like people... yeah. And it's in their own parishes and their own chamber. (laughs) And so it's highlighting that a little bit for me. It's like, I want mass my way. And so like, I don't want to watch the Bishop of X or the Bishop of Y say mass. Because I I don't like him. Exactly. And sort of interesting. But then the other concern of mine is, is there holiness? Is there prayer? Is there communion with God? Is there uh, worship? Is there the Sabbath? Is there anything like that? Is there church? even apart from the celebration of the Eucharist within a parish context on Sunday. And, yeah. and the answer to all those questions is yes. Absolutely. And it's not, <laughs> and it's not mutually exclusive. Right. So I'm not saying that it's either or where it's like, we need to stop masses because people can just be holy on their own on Sundays. Yeah. All I'm saying is that there's just, it's indicative to me of perhaps a little bit of, well, we don't know how to pray if our priest isn't leading us. We don't know how to worship on Sunday if it's not mass. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering yeah. if there is, if we're kind of like exposing a little bit of like a failure on our part as the church th- to to worship, to pray, to teach, to form yeah. Christians. I think that's in, fair. I think that's yeah. fair. And you know, it. this hasn't come up yet because we did just um, suspend all these gatherings last Friday. In the in this diocese, at least, but like you know, it's still Lent, and we still have, quite frankly, an obligation to do, um, work, public acts of penance and public acts of worship, in usually in, um, what am I trying to say? With the Stations of the Cross, that's not changed really, and that's again something that you can do at home, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like right. You know, it, do you have to have church quality stations up in your home? No. Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. call up images of the station on your computer? Absolutely. Can you print them yeah. out and put them around your house and do a little, a little pilgrimage? Absolutely. Yeah. Can you yeah. gather your family to pray? Yes. <laughs> 
So I wonder like, okay, actually, this is the thing. I think what was missing from a lot, I mean, uh, we're still very early on in this thing, so this could change and maybe you and I could be part of the change. I don't know, but um, a lot of the bishops who wrote about uh, the Sunday obligation and about masses, they they included a prayer for spiritual communion, but they didn't. I didn't see a lot of them giving like, and here are a thousand different things that you can do with your family uh, on Sunday instead, or also like, Parents, this is your chance to step up to the plate as the leaders of the domestic church. And right. and I want, like, as your pastor, as your bishop, I want you to think about maybe having some conversation I with your children about the I readings. I wouldn't make it that passive. I wouldn't make it that passive. This is what we're called to do. And we need to step up. Mm-hmm. Like, don't say, oh, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like you to consider having worship with your family because we can't go to mass. No, <laughs> do this. Right. Because it is what Christ has commanded us to do. Right. So yeah, so maybe that's what was missing for me with a lot of the a lot of the bishop statements was the encouragement for the domestic church to celebrate the Lord's Day. Uh, clearly not with the sacraments, but celebrate the Lord's Day nonetheless with yeah. the word of God, with prayer, with you What know. would that look like for you? Like you, we don't have families, okay, but what do you think that could what that could look like? Because I think for a lot of people, they're just like, well, wh- I don't know. What do I do? Yeah. So um, everyone has to celebrate within the limits of their state of life. And within my state of life as a religious and in a house full of priests, for me, that looks like celebrating the Eucharist. And that is fantastic for yeah. me because that's where I'm at. Okay. So if I didn't have that, what would that look like? Well, we have the internet, right? I mean, like we have <laughs> access to the lectionary. We have access to the daily readings, we had access to the readings for Mass. That is a clear way. We could read the readings together. We can have sharing over what the readings mean to us. We could even have like updating on what our Latin practices have been looking yeah. like. We can pray a rosary together. We can, you know, Liturgy do arts and crafts. Liturgy of the Hours. We can do arts and crafts with the kids. We can praise and worship. We can have silence. We can meditate. We can do Stations of the Cross. I mean, like I can just go on and on and on. I mean, like you yeah, can do I literally mean, the, anything. Yeah, there, you know? there are lots of things to do, but like... Think of the person that's never done this before and who doesn't is not a religious. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? What does that hour that you spend with your family look like? Yeah, that's a great question for an individual family to answer for themselves. Um, <laughs> like, like I mean, if if I if I if I had a family ask me, I would say like, well, tell me more. Tell me more about what your family dynamic is. Like, are your children religious? Or is your husband religious? It, like, do you guys go to mass normally? Like, would you feel comfortable like having a rosary or like what? Yeah, you know, I'm 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 pushing you on this just because I find that with myself, like, there's such a temptation to do what's easy and what's less, um, what's going to take less, the least amount of effort. Mm-hmm. And so to like say, well, here's some things. You know, it's it's going to be hard because if you're not used to sharing, for example. Or if you're not used to reading things out loud to other people, for example, it's going to be hard, and you you may not want to do it. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean? Here's a, yeah. Here's another suggestion: like watch a movie together and talk about it afterwards. You know, like whatever. I mean, like that could be a way of doing it. You know, and um, but yeah, but also trusting trusting your judgment about like you have a great desire to keep holy the Lord's day, and there are resources available and. Yeah, and don't overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Like, even something as simple as sitting down with your family and just praying in Our Father together before your meal. Like, yeah, if you don't say grace, like maybe say grace like that. I don't know. I don't want to be too, like, I don't know, too overbearing. But it's just like, look, you have an obligation to keep holy the Sabbath because you're a Christian, and there are many ways to keep holy the Sabbath day. but the one thing that's necessary is to take time as a family that day to worship God. And that can look like a million different ways, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, what would you say? What would you say if a, if a family came up to you and said, I, I understand, Father, like I'm not going to go to Mass. And like I, I can watch Mass online. I can do that, you know, but I want to do a little bit more. Is there something else I could do with my family? What do you recommend? Yeah. What would you I say? I mean, I would not unlike the things that you said, I would recommend start with the readings, you know, do a little liturgy of the word. Anybody can do that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a conversation with one of the parents from my parish a couple of weeks ago, um, and he was, you know, expressing some frustrations that I've heard from a lot of people on the internet and in person that, you know, sometimes it's hard just to have this one person basically up from the pulpit tell us, tell us what's right and what's wrong and like that that doesn't come from anywhere else. And I said, look, you know, you're the one doing that for your kids. Like at home, you're the one preaching to them. At home, you're the one who is setting that example of what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we really need to recover this idea of, um, I mean, just what we've talk, been talking about, the home church, that we can have these really important conversations and reflections and prayers um, that have to start from the gospel. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is the gospel calling us to? So that's how I would recommend that they start is just to talk about the gospel. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and know, then go and in, throw in our father. You do. Oh, you yeah, can also, you it. can listen to, you can listen, like you were saying, you can listen to homilies that, you know, you can certainly watch mass. I'm not trying to say that that's not a good thing to do. It's just, yeah. you know, I just want to emphasize that they're. Make it a little bit more of an active enterprise than just sitting yeah. there and receiving something from YouTube. Right. Totally. Totally. <laughs> which is what um, we do, which is a thing that I want to talk about here in a minute, but which is what we do anyways. Like, and that goes, goes back to what I was trying to, to say earlier about like, well, we just want to do what's easy. Mm-hmm. If it's too hard, then I don't want to do it. And what, what, what do I find the easiest thing to do is to sit and watch YouTube. So if yeah. I can just consume that, then great. Let me do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> right. Oh, as a side note, you know, being in quarantine and being on lockdown, has been great for watching a lot of YouTube, but now like the YouTube algorithm is recommending yeah. all the things that like, like it's just clear, like, oh, I've been watching a lot of SNL skits and I've been watching <laughs> a lot of, a lot of Joe Rogan. Yeah. And I've been watching a lot. Like, it's like, oh, this is all the recommendations I'm getting. Well, <laughs> and that's actually what I was, what I was, what I was wanting to lead to is how is your technology use and uh, quarantine? <laughs> it's, it's not been terrible. It's not been terrible. I, so I, I'm a big fan of like, I'm not on vacation, but I'm in a particular situation where I kind of am on vacation because like I live, I live but at you school. you still have work to do. I still have a ton of work to do, you know, and so I can continue to work. And so I've been working a lot and I've also taken an opportunity to like organize photos and organize documents and do some yeah. scanning of things that I have here that I need to scan. Um, my technology use has been pretty similar. Um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube while I do menial things like... Like, for example, there is this book that I have here that I, I've been photocopying some parts of it and scanning some other parts of it for my for my thesis. And it's a really menial task. And so there are some – actually, I've been using YouTube to watch a lot of long-form YouTube content that I otherwise wouldn't watch. Like, like Jordan Peterson has these two-hour lectures on the Bible. And uh-huh. I've been watching those while I scan these documents or scan these books or organize my photos because I can listen to him while doing something mindless. Um, so doing that, so it's been up that way, but it hasn't really been much more than that. Like I haven't mm-hmm. been sitting here rotting away on Netflix. That's good. That's good. I can only imagine a lot of people are doing that. Um, yeah. I think that'll be more of a temptation for you because I think that you might have <laughs> more more of a problem with okay. that than I do. Okay. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Well, it's not Netflix. I don't watch Netflix. <laughs> with you would be YouTube, I guess. YouTube, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... It's so it's so early that I can't really say how this is affected because we've not been quarantined yet. I, as we said, I think it will happen soon. No um, question. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, I do have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff to do. I mean, I'm doing these daily reflections. I, um, I have a lot of art projects that I'm working on. So there's a lot yeah, of man. things to do. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, you know, I think you're right that the challenge is to actually do that and not just watch YouTube all day. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I have been living in kind of a, a slow job anyway. So this is, in some sense, has been practice <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. quarantine. Good. Like, yeah, you, got, I mean, yeah. you do have to keep yourself busy. Sure, sure. Like, I've been, I've been in a, the opposite. Like, I've just been in a hyper rigorous and busy 
like school semester and so for me yeah. this is just sort of a welcome pause like yeah. i imagine five days from now i'm gonna be stir crazy but it's just <laughs> it is kind of nice to say like okay i actually this is maybe a little pro tip i <laughs> i have a document i have a note on my phone where at any time during the year so i have a long list that i've been compiling a list called ongoing projects and it's things that require long time investment that I can't do in one sitting. So for yeah. example, like organize my photos in iCloud, which is like, you know, 10,000 photos that I can't do in one sitting. And so it's just, it's on there and I can never really cross it off, but it's things that I like precisely in this moment, like I can go back to that list and say, oh, I have on this list that I want to finish uh, organizing all of my documents from my undergrad or whatever, mm -hmm. like things that are yeah. just stored in the cloud that I never got a chance to organize or like I really want to do X or Y or Z. Anyway, so I have this long list of ongoing projects and in a moment of quarantine, like it's good to consult that list and be like, oh, I had it on here that I really wanted to, like what do I, let me look at this list. What do I have on here? <laughs> um, anyway, so that's like a little pro tip of something that if you don't yeah. know how to spend the time, like what are the things that you've always wanted to do that you haven't had time to do? Sure. You know? Yeah, no, I think that's good. Start cooking. Um, Just don't share it with so, anybody. So here, <laughs> here's an example. So like I wanted to make a website for myself, like a personal website, uh -huh. and it's on my ongoing projects list. That's something I could do. You know, I could finally get to that. Um, there is, this is going to sound silly, but I like making spreadsheets. And <laughs> Nerd. I have a lot of lists here of, of spreadsheets that I want to make, and I could do that, you know? Um, anyway, just like that. Maybe we'll have an episode on spreadsheets one day. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, so here I am in quarantine, and I'll be here, so. That's right. Maybe, maybe we can we record can more of the other things. more often. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, we both had we that idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will. Cool, man. Well, for now, I'm going to go. I got to go to my late dinner. Late dinner. All right. All right, dude. Peace out. See ya.